Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Tonight, a promising breakthrough. The first treatment shown to reduce coronavirus deaths. Researchers call a common anti-inflammatory drug a game changer in the fight against COVID-19. And what we saw was really quite remarkable. Hitting pause from Miami to Las Vegas, the alarming data driving some cities to delay the next phase of reopening. Previous use of force. New details tonight about the officer who shot Rashad Brooks. And the president signs an executive order encouraging police reforms. Murder charges. An Air Force sergeant is accused of killing a federal officer and ambushing sheriff's deputies. What prosecutors are saying about his link to Boogaloo, the anti-police group. Beijing on lockdown. China's capital shutting down schools, not letting anyone in or out of the city as they scramble to trace hundreds of thousands potentially exposed to the virus. Explosion in diplomacy. North Korea blows up a diplomatic building at the border. Did the last hope for a nuclear deal go up in flames? Striking out. Baseball's future is in serious doubt. Will there be a season? And finally, little solutions with a big impact. How many libraries are feeding more than just the mind? This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell. Reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. We are going to begin with breaking news on what could be a breakthrough in the fight against coronavirus. Doctors in England say they've discovered the first drug that dramatically reduces deaths in COVID-19 patients. 
and it turns out it's already on the market. The drug is a low-cost steroid called dexamethasone, and researchers say in a large trial it cut deaths among the sickest coronavirus patients by a third. Tonight, doctors are cautiously optimistic that if the research pans out, the drug could eventually help save hundreds of thousands of lives. The new study comes as nearly half of the states in the U.S. are struggling with spikes in cases, including in Florida, where tonight the state has its highest number of new infections since the pandemic began. Oklahoma, Texas, and Arizona are also reporting record highs in new cases today. And as we come on the air tonight, more than 116,000 people have been killed by the virus in the U.S., and there are more than 2.2 million confirmed cases nationwide. Tonight, there's also new research that says wearing masks could prevent hundreds of thousands of infections by stopping the spread of virus droplets in the air. So there's a lot of news to get to tonight, and our team of correspondents is standing by. CBS's Manuel Bohorkas is going to lead off our coverage tonight from Miami. Good evening, Manny. Good evening, Nora. Florida has set yet another daily record. More than 2,700 new coronavirus cases were reported today. Hospitalizations are also up in several states, so word of a medical advancement could not come soon enough. <clears throat> It's being called a medical breakthrough in the fight against the coronavirus. The world's largest trial of existing treatments found a cheap, decades-old anti-inflammatory steroid called dexamethasone reduced deaths by 20% in COVID-19 patients on oxygen. What we saw was really quite remarkable. In ventilated patients with COVID-19, the drug dexamethasone, so 10 days of treatment with that, which is a tablet or, or an injection, uh, reduces the risk of death by about 35%. Dr. Scott Krakauer was not part of the trial, but received dexamethasone in April when he battled the virus himself in New York City. So is this a game changer? I think it is a game changer. I mean, it was the first time in like almost, I felt like almost a month. I said, stop coughing for like an hour is like such a, I don't know, for me, like a mind-blowing moment. CBS News Chief Medical Correspondent Dr. John LaPook. The fact that they're saying there was a statistically significant decrease in mortality with dexamethasone is very encouraging. News about the treatment comes as one of the prediction models used by the White House now projects 200,000 COVID-related deaths in the U.S. by October. 19 states are reporting increases in average daily new cases compared to two weeks ago. Today, Texas saw a record jump of more than 2,600. Florida has reported nearly 15,000 new cases over the last 10 days. But today, in a Wall Street Journal op-ed, Vice President Mike Pence called reports of a possible second wave overblown. Despite record new cases, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis says he will not close the state. To suppress a lot of working age people at this point, um, I don't think would likely be very effective. Still, Miami's mayor put the next phase of reopening on hold due to recent spikes. Austin's mayor extended a stay-at-home order, and Nevada's governor said the state was not ready to enter phase three. There was encouraging news today about the economy. Retail sales jumped nearly 18 percent last month, a record, as more businesses and restaurants reopened. The question is whether that comes at the expense of social distancing. Nora? Manny Bohorquez, thank you.
Tonight, we're learning more about Garrett Rolfe, the Atlanta police officer who killed Rayshad Brooks in a Wendy's parking lot. The 27-year-old officer was reprimanded three years ago in another use of force case involving a firearm. Today, President Trump called on police departments to track complaints of excessive force against officers. And part of a new executive order critics say doesn't go far enough. CBS Ben Tracy reports tonight from the White House. With pressure mounting to address excessive force by police departments, President Trump took the unusual step of surrounding himself with police officers today as he signed an executive order suggesting new standards for law enforcement. These standards will be as high and as strong as there is on earth. Mr. Trump's executive order creates a database to track officers with excessive force complaints, suggests banning chokeholds in most cases, and calls on departments to deploy social workers when responding to the homeless and mentally ill. But the order is merely a list of recommendations, not legal restrictions. And the president used his speech today less as a conversation about racial bias in policing and more as a rally supporting officers. Without police, there is chaos, without law there is anarchy, and without safety there is catastrophe. Democrats say the president's action is not enough and want a ban on all chokeholds and to make it easier to sue police for misconduct. There is nothing about what the president announced today that would hold police officers who break the rules and break the law accountable. Before signing the order, President Trump met with the families of Botham John, a Tatiana Jefferson and others impacted by police violence, as well as the mother of Ahmaud Arbery, the 25-year-old black man killed in Georgia while jogging. Three white men are charged with his murder. Wanda Cooper Jones is Arbery's mother. I think the president was very receiving. Um, he, she was very compassionate. Um, he did assure each family member that we will, we would and should expect change. Meanwhile, tonight, a new twist in the president's rift with his former national security adviser, John Bolton. The Justice Department is suing him to block publication of his tell-all book scheduled to be released next week. The U.S. government claims it contains classified information. President Trump says that he views any conversation he had with John Bolton as highly classified. Now, the Justice Department is saying that the National Security Council has not yet finished its review of the book. This book is expected to be highly critical of President Trump. Nora. Ben Tracy at the White House, thank you. Tonight, an active duty Air Force sergeant already jailed in the ambush killing of a sheriff's deputy in California is facing new charges of murdering a federal officer. Prosecutors say he's part of a violent anti-government extremist group. Here's CBS's Jeff Pegues. On May 29th, investigators believe this Oakland protest over George Floyd's death was used as a cover for an operation to kill. Air Force Sergeant Steve Carrillo and an accomplice, Robert Justice, were hunkered down inside this white van. They would go on to ambush a guard post, shooting and killing Protective Services Officer David Patrick Underwood and injuring his partner. The shots were fired out of that sliding side passenger door. Gorilla would allegedly go on to murder a sheriff's deputy before he was taken into custody. Authorities say a patch found in his van and a message in his own blood on the hood of a car suggests that he was part of a radical movement. The complaint alleges that the patch and the phrases written by Carrillo are associated with the so-called Boogaloo movement. The Boogaloos, some sharing posts under a hashtag, are loosely affiliated extremists. 
Some of them believe in sparking a civil war. Others are white supremacists who see recent protests, violence, and even a pandemic as an opportunity. You know, this fits perfectly as an opportunity for Boogaloo to try to create chaos. That's what extremists do. In Atlanta, police are looking for the arsonist who, during a peaceful protest, set fire to the Wendy's, which was the scene of the police shooting of Rayshard Brooks. And we are outside police headquarters right across the street there in Atlanta. Investigators say in that arsonist case, arsonists use homemade torches, lighters, and aerosol cans, among other things, to spark the flames. And we're told that some of the protesters even tried to block firefighters from making it to the scene to put out the flames. Nora. Jeff Pegues, thank you. Pacific Gas and Electric pleaded guilty to involuntary manslaughter today for causing the deaths of 84 people in a wildfire that tore through the town of Paradise, California in 2018. Their CEO, Bill Johnson, said, quote, guilty, Your Honor, 84 times, once for each victim. The company admitted its equipment started the fire and will pay more than $25 billion in fines and settlements. Tonight, China is racing to contain a new outbreak of COVID-19. After reporting no new infections in Beijing for more than 50 days, the virus has returned. Here's CBS's Remy Innocencio. Tonight, parts of Beijing under lockdown again. Officials there calling it wartime mode. Schools closed, transport in and out of the city shut down. There are now more than 100 coronavirus cases linked to Beijing's Xinfadi wholesale market. Health officials scrambling to quickly contact trace, testing an estimated 200,000 people, from market workers to recent visitors. Near the area, images seen of hundreds of military police deployed to freeze the flow of people. Barricades now surrounding shuttered market stalls as officials search for a source in a complex the size of 250 football fields. Chinese officials say one focus has been on imported salmon, specifically packaging, after a chopping board tested positive for a European strain of the virus. We need to look at what has happened in this case. I don't believe it's the primary hypothesis, but it needs to be explored. And a second surge is also the fear here in Japan's capital, too. Tokyo reported more than 20 new coronavirus cases every single day for nearly the past week. Nora? Ramey Innocencio, thank you. A new study finds in parts of the U.S. where face masks are mandatory. As many as 450,000 cases of coronavirus may have been prevented. That is new research shows improving ventilation significantly lowers how long the virus stays in the air. Here's CBS's Dr. John LaPook. Tonight, a major tool in the fight against coronavirus could be right inside our homes. Experts say crack a window, open a door. That's because the virus can float indoors. When we cough or sneeze, droplets containing virus can travel, larger ones usually up to about six feet. But smaller ones, particles called aerosols, can float invisibly through an entire room and can be produced through normal speech. And the zinger for this virus is that basically the aerosols become airborne and potentially infectious through hours. Kimberly Prather has spent her career studying aerosols. If it gets into the aerosols and it fills a room and everybody breathes that air, that just opens up the number of people who can be infected. Aerosols, as shown here, 
could help explain events like a choir practice in Washington state in March, where one person likely infected 52 others. We're not recognizing the potential for airborne. Joe Allen is director of Harvard's Healthy Buildings Program. Opening up the windows is easy and cheap, but what about actually changing the ventilation system of a big building? I'm not saying people have to go out and, and revamp their entire mechanical system. Bring in a bit more outdoor air, which most building systems can do. And if you're recirculating air, you need to improve or put in a higher efficiency filters. In fact, every building can be a healthy building. It doesn't cost that much to get us there. New research suggests sunlight can deactivate the virus in aerosols. And wearing a mask provides another crucial layer of protection against the airborne spread of the virus. Nora? Dr. John LaPook, thank you. Tensions are high after North Korea demolished a building used to host talks with South Korea. And tonight, the regime is threatening military action. CBS's Margaret Brennan reports. The statement from North Korea was not subtle, blowing up the Office for Diplomacy in Kaesong that it had opened in 2018 with South Korea and making good on a threat issued by Kim Yo-jong, Kim Jong-un's increasingly powerful sister. She also said troops are preparing to surge into the DMZ. That's where President Trump took a symbolic step into North Korea last year to shake hands with Kim Jong-un. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. But diplomacy has stalled. The regime continues to test short-range missiles and has produced enough nuclear material for dozens of weapons. North Korea said today's actions were provoked by South Korean activists who had sent anti-Kim leaflets cross-border. The Trump administration called the actions counterproductive. Careful language meant to keep alive President Trump's signature foreign policy initiative. North Korea often ratchets up tension in election years in the hope of extracting concessions. Former CIA analyst Jung Pak. I think uh, that uh, we are in for a potentially uh, a wild ride in June uh, as North Korea and the Kim, uh, Kim family tries to um, show uh, strength for internal and uh, external audiences. Margaret Brennan, CBS News, Washington. We've got some good news for sports lovers. New York's governor said today that the tennis U.S. Open will begin in late August without fans in the stands. But tonight it appears less likely that there will be Major League Baseball. The coronavirus shut down the league and there's no sign of healing a tense labor dispute. Here's CBS's Carter Evans. It's America's pastime, and many feel it's past time for baseball to return, especially with other sports already on the comeback trail. Last week, baseball commissioner Rob Manfred sounded confident. The percent chance we're playing Major League Baseball this year? 100%. Last night, that sunny optimism disappeared. I'm not confident. It's just a disaster for our game. It's a fallout between the union and owners over how the season can get salvaged and how much players will get paid per game. But now ballparks across the country, including Dodger Stadium, sit empty. The Dodgers were supposed to host the Arizona Diamondbacks tonight. Now their parking lot has become one of California's largest COVID testing sites. And there's the harsh reality reports that some players and coaches have tested positive. As for the athletes, a simple message. Players want to play. The same from All-Stars Bryce Harper and Mike Trout. Tell us when and where. But that's only if, after all the talking, the owners and players don't strike out. Carter Evans, CBS News, Los Angeles. 
You may have seen them. They're called little libraries, small wooden boxes in front of homes used to exchange books for free. But as CBS's Meg Oliver reports, those little houses are making a big difference, helping to feed more than just the mind. In front of a community garden on New York's Staten Island sits a little free library where neighbors have swapped books for years. But now... What all are you finding in the little libraries? Canned goods and masks and gloves. When library steward Heather Butts found rolls of toilet paper inside, she thought it was a prank. But she quickly discovered the library was transforming into a mini pantry of essential needs. To me, it signifies the best that we have to offer, and it also signifies imagination and creativity. Across the country, Good Samaritans are stocking nearly 400 little free libraries with canned foods, hand sanitizer, and in Seattle, homemade masks supplied by Bryn Burkhalter. I can barely keep the library stocked with masks. As soon as I'm able to add a handful more, they're gone. Oh, look what they have, honey. Lanesha Miles and her children check out their neighborhood little library twice a week. Is this helping you feed your family? It is. Right now, it's a crisis, and I'm one of the low-income families. So when you're looking for heartier meals, this is somewhere I would definitely look forward before I go to the store. Good night, Moon. A little library offering a big helping of comfort during this time of crisis. Meg Oliver, CBS News, Staten Island, New York. How about those little libraries helping families start a new chapter? On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, just in time for Father's Day, we're going to meet some dads who are celebrating fatherhood. We look forward to celebrating our dads this Sunday. And if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. That is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell reporting live from the nation's capital. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.